It's time to go into business for yourself. Get ready for another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. Education, insight, and inspiration. Here's your host, small business and franchise expert, Tom Scarda. Welcome to another episode of the Franchise Academy. My name is Tom Scarta, and I'm a franchise advisor and coach, believe it or not. I match people with franchise opportunities based on skills, personality, goals, sort of like the e-harmony of business. Been doing it since 2005, so uh, about 18 years, helping people figure out if franchising is for them or not. Check out my book, Franchise Savvy, which is my story about my success with my first franchise and my miserable failure with my second franchise. That's what made me a franchise expert was going through that craziness. So check that out. I also have an online course on how to buy a franchise. It's all on thefranchiseacademy.com. Check it out. And if you have any questions, feel free to email me at tom at thefranchiseacademy.com. So today I have a friend and a mentor in franchising. Ron Bender has been in franchising and probably has forgotten more than I know about franchising in his tenure. He's with a great, I'll call it parent company of brands called Threshold out of uh, Boston, Massachusetts. Although Ron, like me, lives in Florida because we like to be warm. So I want to welcome Ron to the Franchise Academy. Welcome, Ron. Thank you so much, Tom. It's absolutely fantastic to be back on with you and uh, and speaking to your listeners. Yeah, this is uh, it's so great for you to kind of cut out the time to do it. I know you're just back from the International Franchise Association's meeting in, in Vegas, and you're running how many brands now do you guys have? Nine. Nine different home services brands. Nine. Wow, I lost count. I thought it was only six. Yeah. So yeah. Threshold is the parent company. Um, Marcus is the president and CEO. And um, what what are the brands now? So it started with MadePro. What was that? Twenty something years ago. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. And then yep, we added Men in Kilts, which was a Canadian company. Uh, you know, MadePro doing interior residential cleaning. Uh, Men in Kilts does exterior residential cleaning. And yeah, they wear kilts every single day, every single job. Um, and then they started up um, an outdoor pest control company called that's now called Patio Patrol. And then along the way, when Threshold came in about uh, two and a half years ago, uh, since then, they've been adding brands. They picked up Pest Master, which was a full service pest control um, indoor, outdoor, commercial, residential, government, really very, very differentiated uh, brand there. They picked up USA Insulation, which re-insulates older homes. Um, they uh, they stepped into um, uh, Sir Grout, which is a company that does uh, grout, stone, and tile refinishing. Then they did a startup. This is really cool. Um, bought a company called Plumbing and Heating Paramedics and split it off into heating and air paramedics and plumbing paramedics. So those two brands, of course, do um, new installs, do service, do um, uh, maintenance and upkeep of either the heating and furnace uh, and AC or uh, on the plumbing side. And then the newest brand, which has become the darling of the franchise industry, is called Granite Garage Floors. Oddly enough, they make your garage floor sort of look like granite. I know we could have come up with a better name, but 
Um, and they actually do any kind of a concrete floor. They do basements, they do pool surrounds, they do um, porches and patios. And of course they do a bunch of uh, small commercial work as well. Uh, automobile showrooms, car service centers, outdoor patio seating areas for restaurants, that kind of thing. Wow. I'm interested in that. So in, in that particular concept, is it like, are they laying new like concrete and then polishing it? Or is it a special, you know, substance that they put on concrete? So you are so lucky because I just got a two, uh, two unit deal in uh, Bradenton, Manatee and Sarasota counties. And on March 21st, he's doing my garage. So you're uh, actually in his territory too, so we can work something out. So anyway, um, it's not new concrete. What they do is they come in. If you remember from middle school, you remember the custodian used that big buffer thing, that big yeah. floor buffer. So we use something like that. It's instead of a buffer pad, it's actually got diamond encrusted um, grinder pads. And what they do is they just kind of take off the tiniest little top surface and that removes imperfections. Uh, and stains, but it also opens up the pores because concrete is actually porous. And then they put down a resin coat. They throw the granite flakes on top and they let that cure overnight. And then they come in the next morning and they put down a top coat that keeps the uh, UV light out. And it actually enables us to offer a lifetime customer satisfaction warranty. So it's, it's a, it's a top coat. It's actually about the thickness of a credit card total. Um, huh. But again, lifetime warranty. That is great. And so does that go just on concrete or could it go on a different type of service uh, surface? Um, That's a great question. Um, I'm not the expert on the actual product, so I'd have to find out. But I mean, it can go on any, I would guess it can go on any hard surface. That's an interesting question. Yeah, I'm wondering, like I have, um, you know, the pavers in the driveway and my wife wants to get them sealed and whatever. But yep. I think it would be cool to do something like that. Hey, I can find that out. Yeah, I, I wonder. And we need the stuff around the pool. Don't, you know, it's like all that. It's like just, you know, you, they'll spend a week here. Um, Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, yeah, so that's interesting. So the, um, the threshold brands and everything that you're doing, it's all around the house kind of stuff, right? It's mostly residential. Correct. We, I think the, um, the genesis of that is, if you remember uh, back in the day when Dwyer Company was uh, expanding uh, Riverside Capital, which is the uh, private equity firm that actually holds Threshold Brands, well, they bought and built and sold Dwyer Group twice. So they have really, really been bought into the whole idea of home services being uh, I, I guess we're going to call them essential, you know, obviously plumbing and, and uh, heating and air conditioning are essential. I don't know about granite garage floors, but, um, but they're, they're, they're really a great uh, area of business to, uh, to concentrate on. And of course, low overhead. Um, in many cases, these brands are home-based and they've only got a couple of employees. So they're nowhere near as, um, as uh, asset or, or um, investment intensive as maybe a, a food service or a retail environment, things like that. Uh, so, yeah, we're very, very happy to be in the home services space. And I believe we're probably going to continue to add some um, some complementary brands. So um, low investment. So, we, you know, we don't really talk numbers at all. But I mean, it, you, we're not talking about, you know, 400,000 investment on these things. It's, it's a lot less than that. Less than that. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 designed to be, you know, not necessarily every man, because I, I know from all the things that you've been telling your readers and, and in your book and so forth, we know that um, not every person is appropriate for franchise ownership. Franchise ownership isn't the right vehicle for everyone, but um, we want to be able to appeal to a very wide variety of people and uh, a wide variety of investment levels. You know, we want to make people comfortable with the investment level, not having to, uh, uh, you know, not send their kids to college and sell their house and drive a 22-year-old Nissan or something to be able to afford it. Yeah, right. And so it is affordable. Um, and and so what happens, in, in my opinion, when you have these affordable type franchises that are not brick and mortar, the margins are greater. Uh, it's quicker the cash flow. So it's all those kind of things. Low Correct. investment, high margin, a lot of times, you know, recession resistant or Amazon resistant, those kind of things, which appeal to an average guy like me. Um, that's not that sophisticated. So um, it's good for um, somebody that just wants to get in and grow business and not have all the headaches of all the nonsense. So, yep, correct. And, you know, we, we know that we have to make it comfortable for the uh, prospective franchisee or, or they're not going to be able to do it or their family won't support them. And, you know, that doesn't work out for anybody. So we wanted to make it very affordable. Um, as you said, easy startup, quick to cash flow. Um, and we really don't want it to complete these businesses to take over someone's life. You know, I, I know I love to eat. Um, you probably can't tell that when you're on a podcast, but I do. I love to eat. I don't I don't want to work in food service because it's a you know, it seems like it's more of a 20 hour a day, seven days a week kind of a job. And we don't we don't want ours to be that way. Right. And, and in those kind of um, concepts there's more out of your control than, than is in your control, meaning food costs. You don't know how much, you know, lettuce is going to cost next week. Um, the rent is out of your control. Your employees are out of your control. Um, and, and so a smaller business is easier to operate, but it still makes the same money that a lot of these big brick and mortars make, which is yes. people don't understand that fact. And that's what I try to tell people. Yep. Yep. There. And, you know, not everybody is in it solely for, oh my gosh, how much money can I make? But if you can't be profitable, you're not going to be in business very long and you're not going to keep your customers happy. You're not going to keep your employees employed. You know, you have to make a profit or, or it's not called a business. It's called a hobby. Um, And it's very, very important to us to give our new franchisees all the resources and all the tools and all the training so that they can run a great business and be profitable. Absolutely. So, Ron, um, at the end of your name, and my name for that matter, is the uh, CFE designation. Now, I can explain it, but I'd rather you explain it. Um, What is the CFE? What does it mean to you? Okay. CFE stands for Certified Franchise Executive, and it's actually the certification program that's used by our industry, the franchise industry. And what it means is that you and I, and and um, actually now I think it's about 2,000 of our peers have learned, we've studied, we've gotten a background on all aspects of franchising from the legalities to the um, operational support, to the training, to the financial side, all the different parts of franchising so that, first of all, we know enough about the industry that we can counsel people as you and I both do in a little bit different way, but also that we don't make mistakes and we don't say things that aren't correct, and we don't um, allow 
our clients or candidates to make decisions without full information. Um, so it's really a, it, it, well, first of all, to me, and I love you that you asked that to me, it gave me an opportunity to accumulate the knowledge that I wanted because I'm an educator. I'm not a sales guy. And I want to be able to educate my candidates. The absolute last thing in the world I would ever want is for someone to tell me after six months or eight months in business, oh, if I had only known this, I never would have done this. Um, so it gives me that confidence. And uh, it also enabled me to learn so much from my peers. And I'm still doing that just as I learn from you and I learn from my candidates. I learn from uh, all the other folks in our great industry. Yeah. But well said. Uh, I, I totally agree. And at the very least, I think that if you are looking at franchises, um, you know, at the very least, the CFE means a person is very dedicated to the industry. At the very least. And Correct. It takes, you know, it took me years to finish the designation um, and it cost me a lot. I, I pay for it all myself. Um, so so when you're out there looking for an advisor, I always say, you know, a good thing to look for. It doesn't ha you don't have to have it, but the person should have a CFE uh, designation because it will um, just ensure you that you're dealing with somebody that is well-rounded in the industry. Yep. I agree with that. I know um, I would never get legal advice from someone who had not finished their law degree. And I would not use a an accountant who didn't have that accounting degree and certification. Um, you know, it doesn't make a lot of sense to invest your time with working with a professional who doesn't turn out to be a true professional. So I right. definitely agree with you. It's like if you're, you know, you can uh, drive people around and show them houses. It doesn't mean that you're a real estate agent, but you actually need a real estate license to, to do it right. <laughs> so <laughs> that's easy in Florida, as you know, because everybody but you and me has a real estate license. It seems like that. Yeah. So, so you're just back from the, from the International Franchise Association. We like to call it IFA for short. Um, I know that one of your passions around the whole thing is the various committees and you were saying off air before um, you were, you were very um, focused on the vet friend. Tell us a little bit about vet friend because I love okay. that. Yeah, I I know that you do, and I love it too. So vet friend is an initiative by the nonprofit arm of the International Franchise Association, and that initiative is designed to encourage franchise ownership by military veterans. Um, and to encourage employment of veterans and military spouses by franchise companies. So it's a, it's kind of a double uh, program there designed to make sure that veterans have more impact in our industry and, and you know, that we really reward them for um, a lot of the service that they've provided. So um, I'm, I've been associated with the VetFran program with my different franchise brands for over 20 years, well over 20 years. Oh my gosh, I'm getting old. Um, and I've been fortunate enough to be on the VetFran committee for years and uh, on the executive committee here for the past year. Um, so it's just one of those one of those ways that we who did not serve, and I, I did not serve, um, can help those that did serve and really uh, reward them for that service. Yeah, fantastic. Is is um, Steve White still involved as the the uh, immediate past chair? So he gets to sit back and and uh, give the rest of the uh, executive committee a little grief and tell them that he used to do it much better. Um, the new 
uh, chairman is Ralph Yaruso. If you know Ralph, he's a terrific guy too. And and Steve is still very very involved as uh, an advisor to us. Sure, of course, that's great. Um, and and what's interesting that I like to point out is that VetFran was uh, doing what they do way before it was cool to help veterans, and way before there was, uh, I guess, a, a Gulf War conflict back twenty something years ago. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. Which also makes me think about um, the Diversity Fran, uh, which is now called Diversity Institute. Am I right? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's and and I I know you you and I both have been involved with that uh, for years. The, and the Diversity Institute is a very similar uh, committee, uh, part of the nonprofit again founda- IFA Foundation, and it's designed to encourage franchise ownership by members of diverse communities. And uh, you know that includes women in the respect that there are fewer women in franchise ownership positions. Not that they, I mean, because they make great franchise owners. Holy cow! Um, so it's it's designed to encourage women and members of all the different uh, diverse communities, including, um, you know, there's a Hispanic council, there's a black franchise council, there's a pride council, all sorts of different um, subgroups, Asian uh, franchise council that are designed to just educate folks, members of those communities and uh, show them the opportunities and also to really let them know why franchisors we- really want them. Right. We want members of these diverse communities because that's the way that we can serve the entire community. Right. If there's a franchise owner who's from that community, they're going to do a better job. They're going to be very involved in their community. They're going to hire members from their community. They're going to give back to their communities. Holy cow. All franchisors want that. Right. And that and that's the big distinction that we all like to make is the fact that it's not like a chain conglomerate, but the person that owns Subway down the block from where you live, wherever you live, is somebody who probably lives in your neighborhood. Yep. Yep. And although, you know, that we know that there are some large conglomerates that own 62 of this fast food chain or or 13 holiday inns or whatever it happens to be, they're still. Um, the by far the majority of all franchise operations are owned and operated by someone who's right there from your community. And that makes so much difference. You know what? I was so impressed. I don't know if you, I didn't watch the Oscars, but the International Franchise Association ran a commercial. Yeah, we sure did. Wasn't that amazing? 30 seconds on that. Um, What a, the world stage as it were to show that there's, we're open for opportunity and we can help you achieve your dreams. What a great, great message to get out uh, on the Oscars. Yeah. And and just the fact that there's 800,000 franchise units in America right now. Um, they talked about, I think a little bit about the economic output. Um, I think next to the military, we are the largest employer of people in America. Um, as a franchise industry. I mean, there's there's so much going on and people don't even know or have Mm -hmm. any idea, (laughs) you know, stuff that they're buying from or services they're getting is from a franchise. Yeah, Uh, yep. And I know a lot of your listeners are much better educated and much more aware of the depth and breadth of the franchise community. But, you know, many, many people out there think, it's if it's not a McDonald's or a Subway, it's it's not a franchise, right? That's what they think of. That's what they visualize when they hear the word franchise. But oh my gosh, so many, you know, your car dealerships and your 
your uh, retailers and your plumbers and uh, and so many different uh, different industries are, are certainly um, deep in the heart of franchising. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it's also good to note that just because it's a franchise doesn't mean that it's a great business for you, right? There's so many people who will call somebody like me or you and, and say, oh, I really love XYZ because they have great food or they, I love the way they clean houses. All right, great. It doesn't mean that you should own that business. Right. And, and so um, do you agree with that? If somebody calls you and says, oh, I want to get into whatever, you know, I want to do men in kilts because I love kilts. Yeah, that's uh, that's not the that's not the right reason to choose a franchise. And you know, I know you get this question probably more than I do. People say, "Tom, you've been in the industry. You're a consultant. You're a coach. You're here to help people. What's the best franchise?" And uh, and you know, I learned because I get that question too. And I learned to say there is no best franchise. What I hope I can do is help you find the best franchise for you. And you know, I've got a lot of friends and neighbors in franchising and and they don't own the same franchise. There is no one that's best. They own the one that that seems to make the right sense for them and gives them the satisfaction uh, that they're looking for. And hopefully it will help them achieve their goals. Um, again, it's not there is no perfect one. There's one hopefully best for you. Right. I get that question every single day. And it's what's the hottest franchise? And it's like, well, who's the best looking person in Hollywood? You know, do you like right. Nets. Do you like, you know, it's like, it, it's hard. It, you just, it's not, it's not for everybody. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's so interesting to me. Um, and people just come to me with, you know, all these like, how about like cookies? I heard like this cookie thing is doing really well. I'm like, it might be, but if, if you don't like working seven days a week, <laughs> you know, that could be a problem. Yep. So that's, that's really interesting. So in regard to threshold, just to bring it back to that for a minute, um, are there any specific types of people that you are looking for that you think would be a good fit for the concepts that you have? Like, it, it, does somebody have to love cleaning houses if, if they want to get into a made pro or do they need to love, you know, cockroaches to get into a best master? <laughs> well, if, if we meet a candidate that loves cockroaches, we really probably don't want to work with them. Um, no offense to them. Um, and actually, that's not quite true because we a Pestmaster has a, a a PhD entomologist on staff and they call her Dr. Bugs. She's actually a delightful lady. I, don't, I have no idea what kind of pets she has and I don't probably want to know. But no, um, you know, in most franchises, certainly mine uh, specifically, the, the candidate does not need to have any kind of industry experience, and they absolutely are going to be working on the business and not in the business. So we're not looking for people who are going to go out and clean houses. We're really not looking for people who are going to go out and spray the pest control, the deterrent products. Um, now, we do want our franchisees to absolutely understand the business from the ground level, right? When you're, when you, um, um, or become a, a granite garage floors owner, you're going to go out with your crews and you're going to learn how that business works. But that's primarily so that you can um, train and manage your employees and that so that you can set the right expectations for your customers. Um, but to answer the question, the overall question you asked, we're looking for people who can communicate and build teams, right? That's the most important thing, even though with some of our brands, they start with only two employees, Granite Garage, Patio Patrol, even Sir Grout. They're only going to have a couple of employees. 
but they have to, they have to have a great relationship. They have to hire and respect and um, manage those great people or the customer doesn't get the amazing customer experience. They don't tell all their friends and the business doesn't grow the way I think everybody wants it to. So um, definitely, I, I would say we want people, people, if you can think people, people, people. Anyway, yeah, we want those. Yeah, excellent. So if someone is listening now and they're thinking about franchising, but they're on the fence, they don't know if this is the right thing. What advice would you have to somebody who's just thinking about it at the moment? Well, the whole reason that there are consultants and coaches like you are to help those folks learn enough about the industry and learn enough about themselves. You know, that's something that I know it's critical to the way you do your uh, work with your clients. And, and it's critical to our decision as to whether it's right for this person or this person is right for our brand. But you got to learn about that person. You got to learn about, and if it's you as a person thinking about opening a franchise, you've got to learn about yourself. You've got to make sure that you know what your strengths are and what your challenges are and what your goals are. And then, you know, working with someone like you, you know, you can kind of guide them into the the franchise brands or even industries that might solve all those um, specific uh, situations about that one person. Yeah. Well, thank you for saying that. I appreciate it. Um, so we're speaking with Ron Bender, who is a certified franchising executive uh, with Threshold Brands and Chief Growth Officer. Well, what's the uh, best website, I guess, or best way to contact you if people want to learn more about the brands under the Threshold umbrella? Well, the easy way is to reach out to you, Tom. You know, they've got all your contact information and, and you'll uh, uh, certainly put them into contact with me. Uh, but they can lick and go pop onto thresholdbrands.com and see all the brands. And of course, I am on LinkedIn. I am Ron Bender on LinkedIn and uh, Instagram and Twitter and all those great things. So they can find me pretty easily. But uh, again, thank you very much for uh, giving me the opportunity to get in front of your listeners and, and uh, get them interested in yeah. our threshold brands. Yeah, no, it's great. Great concept, great leadership. The support is second to none. You know, it's really for the right person. It's a really great, any one of the brands is really great. But before we go, one last question is, um, is there one myth that you could bust right now about franchising? Wow. Well, uh, you know, I would like to take this opportunity to to address a pet peeve. How about that? Uh, that, that I'll call a myth and you'll have to decide afterward if you want to leave it into the podcast. Um, I think franchise People interested in a franchise have to realize that they are going to have to do the work. The franchisor has a responsibility to provide them with the training and the systems and the processes and all the resources that they need to be successful. But we do not make it happen. The franchise owner makes it happen. They hire, they train, they manage, they motivate, they go out and get the customers. They make sure the customers are happy. They do all, they do it. Again, we've got tons of advice. We've got tons of resources but we cannot do it for you. So that is the myth I would like to bust. That is awesome. That is a fantastic myth. Uh, and I'll just add, if, if you listen to the podcast, you've heard this before, or if you worked with me, if you're the kind of person that joins a gym and thinks you're going to get in shape, just because you joined the gym, don't buy a franchise because you need to actually go to the gym and use the equipment and maybe get a personal trainer. And, and that's how you get in shape. So Absolutely. Ron, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, we'll have you back. It's is fantastic. 
If you want to find out more about Threshold Brands, check out thresholdbrands.com. Is that right? Thresholdbrands.com. And all that will be on the franchiseacademy.com, which will link you right in. So again, Ron, thanks a million. And we will see you soon at an IFA convention or expo. Thank you, Tom. This has been another episode of the Franchise Academy podcast. For more info, go to our website, thefranchiseacademypodcast.com. Remember to subscribe to Tom Scarta's YouTube channel for educational videos on franchising, education, insight, and inspiration.